Hey everybody, Jimmy Dunn here, and I'm here today to talk to you about a question that has plagued the world, I guess, for all the ages in the past, and of course our present, and should the Lord tarry, the days to come in the future. And that is simply this, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Now, before we get started, let me just say, there are no absolute answers this side of heaven except for a couple of things. And that's what Paul is is driving the point home to his listeners, to you and I. You know, there are things in this life, this side of heaven, that we don't know the answers to, and we want this side of heaven. Now, when we get to heaven, we'll oftentimes, we'll know, and we will know, why we went through what we did to the extent from God's perspective. But oftentimes and most of the times from this standpoint in this life, it can be very difficult to find conclusive answers as to why we go through what we do with the exception of a few key verses from God's perspective. And isn't that what we need? Isn't that what we want? You know, people are looking everywhere for answers in life. They go to psychiatrists, psychologists, they try meds, they try drinking, um, alcohol, promiscuity, and the list goes on. Many of them delve into their work um, so that they don't have to think about their problems. Well, God has a solution. And so, in the 8th chapter of Romans, in the 28th verse, very familiar passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul knew what it was like to experience heartache. And he could ask the question, if God is so loving, why does he allow bad things to happen to good people, and particularly to God's people? Well, let's see what he has to say. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Apostle Paul writes and says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And I like that because he says, we know, what is he saying? We know as believers, those whom Paul had come in contact with, who had experienced persecution, adversity, and things of that nature in their life. And so he says, by testimony, we know, and that word know means to know by experience. You see, it's it's easy to just tell somebody what they may want to hear, even though we've never experienced what they have gone through. And there's certain things that we'll never know what people go through and to be able to give a legitimate answer to this side of heaven because we've not experienced it. But those who have experienced persecution, heartache, and those things, and they have seen God come through time after time after time, it is a testimony. And so Paul says, we know by experience that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Notice he didn't say just a few things. He did not say a couple of things, but he said, for those 
who love God. We know by experience that those who love God, all things work together. You know, it's a picture of of a puzzle or knitting a blanket together. Working things together for the bigger picture. It's like taking a little puzzle, putting the pieces together, and unless you look at the front of the box, you don't know what the picture's going to look like. But over time, you start looking at the shapes, the forms, the colors, and you begin to piece those pieces together until the big picture is there. Well, that's the way it is here, this side of heaven. We have pieces that we're putting together, and we need God's direction on doing that very thing. And all those pieces may seem overwhelming to us, particularly if we have a bunch of them thrown down right before us. But what we have to do is take a breath and relax, praying to God, Lord, you show me where these pieces go. You show me what your will is. And that's what Paul's saying here. And we know that for those who love God, notice, those who love God, that all things work together for what? For good. He didn't say bad or mediocrity, but he said for good. That is, for those who are called according to his purpose. So Paul says, we know by experience that those who love God, God and those who are called according to his purpose, that God will work out everything for the good. And he will. Now, when we are right in the middle of things, sometimes it doesn't seem that way, does it? Years ago, a young man by the name of Brandon Burlesworth. He was an American professional football player. He was born on September the 20th, 1976 in Harrison, Arkansas. Now, if you're a Southeast Conference football buff, sports buff, you'll recognize this name. You see, there's a movie that had been produced and made by his life and that of his family. Burlesworth attended Harrison High School, where he was an all-state selection. He graduated from high school in 1994 and was recruited as a football player for the University of Arkansas. Now, prior to him being recruited, he started playing in high school. He was overweight, out of shape, but he had a dream of playing football for the Arkansas Razorbacks. His brother, whom was 17 years older, used to kid him and tell him, you're not going to be able to do that. But if you say so, okay. And as he grew up, kids were making fun of him because of his weight. And and he wore glasses. He had issues um, seeing without glasses. And of course, if you're like me, and of course I wear glasses. When I was a young kid, I had the black framed thick glasses. That's just what they had back then. And that's what he wore. Well, he determined that he was going to play one day for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And so as he was out in Pop Warner football, 
the high school coach came up to him on the sideline after he had had a rough day playing. And he said, son, he said, do you want to play high school football someday? And he said, yes, coach, I do. And he said, then you are going to have to practice and practice and practice. You're going to have to go for your dreams, go for the gold. And he said, I'll be looking for you. He said, you have heart and I like that. I'll be looking for you in high school. Well, as would have it, sure enough, he played in junior high and high school and he was a big presence out there on the field. He weighed approximately 330 pounds and played lineman. Well, he did so great in high school football that he received a full ride at the University of Arkansas. And so his dream came to pass. Their family were Christians. He prayed every day that whatever God's will would be, that that would take place, that would happen. Well, when he went on to play for Arkansas, the coach took him aside and worked with him, as did a couple of the other trainers. And he went down from 330 pounds down to approximately 276 pounds in a short period of time. And then they started working him out on weights. And he bulked back up to 300 pounds to be a force to be reckoned with as an offensive guard. And by sophomore year, he earned that scholarship as the offensive lineman. Later on, he would be selected to the team's captain by his junior season. He earned first team all Southeast Conference honors in 1997 and 98, and he was selected for the 1998 college football All-America team. His dreams came to pass. Burlesworth was also Arkansas's first All-American player since 1993 and was also on the All-Southeast Conference Academic Honor Roll from 95 to 98. He graduated in 98 from the University of Arkansas and in 99 he completed his master's degree and was the first Razorback football player to complete a master's. His final game with the team was in 1999 at the Citrus Bowl. Burlesworth was selected in the third round of the 1999 NFL Draft by the Indianapolis Colts. But several months before reporting to camp, he was killed in a car accident in Alpena, Arkansas. Now, Many looked, including his brother, and said, how could this be? He didn't deserve to die. He tried and he tried and he tried and he made something of himself. He was a good boy, a good young man who loved the Lord. How could God allow somebody like this to go through? Everything that he did and to basically be 
starting his NFL career, a lifelong dream, to only have his life cut short. You know, we don't always know the answers to that, this side of heaven. But if you know the rest of the story, you know that so many lives had been touched by Brandon. A number of people came to know the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior. Many. And there's scholarships set up in his name. He touched a lot of lives. And it will continue to. So we go back to this text. Keeping in mind Paul had been shipwrecked, stoned, left for dead, starving, etc. And he could say without a shadow of a doubt, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And Brendan Burlesworth knew that by experience. So what do we say to this question? Number one, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So what is that saying? Hard times come to all of us. And so many times I hear people say, well, why is it that good things seem to be happening to bad people and bad things are happening to good people? But that's not what this scripture says. This is happening to everybody. Again, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So what does this tell us? Number one, tough times come to everybody and we are not isolated. You are not isolated. It happens to everyone. Number two, I look at what Paul says in the eighth chapter, in the 18th verse of Romans, he says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. In other words, Paul is saying, not only do these adverse times and bad times come to everyone, but secondly, he says it's only temporary. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy or comparable to the glory that is to be revealed to us, future tense. And then the scripture says, as we begin to understand those truths, in the Psalms 37.5, we're told to commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. In other words, no matter how bad it gets, keep on trusting. The prophet Isaiah had this to say, the righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one, under, no one understands, for the righteous man is taken away from calamity. Again, bad things happen to good people. Now, so many times people feel alone and separated from God. 
Well, there's a word for us. The Bible says in Psalm 10, beginning in the first verse, Why, O Lord, and he's speaking from experience, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His way prospers at all times. But, O oh Lord, your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them, or he is arrogant and chides them. So what he's saying is, when we feel like we're alone, we're not. There are always others who are going through what we have been through. And that's why, as I said the other day, I try to network people who have been through certain situations so that they can build upon their experience where one has come through the grief process and they can work with someone else in their beginning. But then, when everything is said and done, I think about Revelation 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. <laughs> Doesn't that sound awesome? God says he'll wipe every tear from your eye, and death shall be no more. There will be no more mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. Listen, life here is a schoolroom. And just as in class, we have tests. And when we take those tests, we either pass or fail. And what happens if we fail? We study and retake them again, hopefully to, to pass it. If you don't, then you're given the chance again. But if you do pass it, then that's lesson learned. So you build on to the next one. Life is the same way. God allows us to go through certain things. He reigns on the just and the unjust. We don't know why all the time. But one thing is sure, one day all of this will be gone and we'll be standing in the presence of a God who sent his son to die for you and me and he's alive today. That's why we can say with the Apostle Paul in Romans 8:28, and we know by experience that for those who love God, all work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. My friend, I pray if you're going through something right now and you're feeling alone, I just want to tell you, we're here with you and we're praying for you. If you'd like to leave a comment or inbox me with a prayer request or question, please feel free to. But know this, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life.
and he's right there with you.